Congregation, let's turn in our Bibles to Colossians 3, and you'll find that on page 1169 in your pew Bibles. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. The power of Christ that lives in the believer and gives us grace to live a holy life. That's what it's about. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Paul's been encouraging the Colossians not to follow the false teachers who are looking for the power of Christian living in man-made rules and new gimmicks that are being brought forward. This will really make you a powerful Christian. And Paul is saying, no, no, your power to live the Christian life is in Jesus, in his death and resurrection. If then, 3 verse 1, you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your, old, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but... Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then he gives some examples. Wives, submit to your husbands. It's fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything. For this pleases the Lord and commands to fathers and bondservants and masters. But our text is verse 17. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word. May he bless it to our hearts and lives. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, Colossians 3.17 is packed 
with grace, unimaginable grace. Just think of where these Christians in the Colossian church were just a few years earlier. Most of them were pagans. They lived in darkness. They were far away from God. Everything they did and everything they said did not get anywhere near to God. And now they're in a spot where whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything goes to God. They're living in the presence of God, right in his holy temple. How did they get from over there, lost in their sin, on the way to hell? To over here, in the presence of the Lord, giving every word and deed to him. Jesus. It's God's grace through the Lord Jesus Christ that brought them from death to life, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Christ. That's what he talked about in Colossians 1. And now look what excellent calling Christians have. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, it's the Lord's. Are you wondering today what your calling is? What really does God want me to do with my life? I know the young people will be discussing this in their Bible study again tonight. Well, here it is. If you're wondering whether you have a calling, you do. And if you're wondering what it is, here it is. This is the center. And out of this comes every other choice you make in the Christian life. And notice, it's a calling for wives, 18, husbands, 19, children in the congregation. Are you a child? It's for you as well. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father, to God the Father, through him. I want to look at three things with you, congregation. What does it mean? How do we do this? And why is this important? To live life in Jesus' name. First, what does it mean? Do everything, not some things. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In fact, the verb do isn't even there in the Greek. The Greek reads like this, and whatever you do in word or deed, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the word with emphasis, everything. What does it mean to live in the name of the Lord Jesus? Sometimes we use phrases, do it for the glory of God. What does that mean? Or do it in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, let me look at three things with you about what it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name means relationship, first of all. 
as Christians were connected to the name of the Lord Jesus. We've seen that in baptism this morning. Gerald is baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A connection to God by covenant. And the gateway to that covenant is Jesus Christ. So it's a connection to the Father and the Spirit through the Son. Relationship. It means congregation, you're connected to the cause of Jesus, the kingdom of Jesus, the person of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus. You're connected in the name. You're connected to him. You're under his authority. It's like going to a United Nations meeting in the name of your country. You're not going there to represent yourself. You're not going there in your own name. You're going to represent your government and your country. That's what it is to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. It means to honor him, to promote his brand, to represent him well in everything. You're his, so show how great he is. It's about relationship. Second thing, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. The name of the Lord Jesus is a far-reaching relationship. Everything. Lord means Master, ruler. Jesus means savior. He's your master savior. When he saves you, he became your master, Lord of your life. And what does that cover? Just your public life? Or your whole life? Just what you do or also what you say? Just what you do and say or also what you think and what you feel? Everything. It's a relationship. That covers everything. When he bought you with his precious blood and set you free from Satan's dominion, Colossians 1, 13, and transferred you into the kingdom of the son he loves, the Lord became owner and ruler of everything in your life. Do you recognize him as owner and Lord of everything in your life? How far-reaching this salvation is for you. You see the good news? Satan doesn't own anything anymore. You owe him nothing. Everything now is for Jesus. And as Jacob and Lindsay raised Gerald in the fear of the Lord, you're to teach him that by faith, Gerald, Jesus is yours. And you're his. And everything is for him. Your whole life is for him. We talked about that some time ago. The Lord is the owner of your, your, your life. And if your life is a house, all the rooms in the house are the Lord's rooms. And we're not to put a no entry sign on any room. Lord, you are welcome into any room of my house except the room of my passions. Or except the room of my emotions. Or except in the bedroom of my life. Or the business headquarters in my life. No, it's all his. So it's a relationship. Secondly, it's a far-reaching relationship. And therefore, as a result, there's no neutrality. There are no areas of life that are neutral. Whether you're casting your ballot in, a, in an election. Or shopping for clothes or for a vehicle. 
or choosing words to answer someone or choosing a school for your children or considering a career or your life's vocation or choosing a spouse. Everything is to be done in the name of Jesus. It's all Jesus' business. You can never say to him, mind your own business when it comes to this, Lord. No, it's all his business. And that's a good thing, because if it's not, then Satan owns you in that area. And that's bad. That's destructive. When Jesus saved you, he saved all of you. Like the whole you. And all of your life, everything has Jesus' name on it. As Abram Kuyper said, there's no square inch of our life over which Jesus does not say, mine, mine. Give it all to him. There's no neutrality. Sometimes Christians like to divide life into sacred and secular or spiritual and ordinary. It's all sacred. It's all spiritual. Oh, there are distinctions between different tasks and callings, yes. Again, sometimes Christians declare certain life zones spiritually and morally neutral. Business is business. And Jesus isn't involved in that. My private life is mine. And I don't think about Jesus there. Think about during the time of Christian slave owners. They just lived as if Jesus doesn't have a connection to that part of my life. And when we live that way, and every, in every era, Christians have their blind spots where the culture of the day sort of sweeps into our lives and we don't see or think carefully, but we're called to think deeply and carefully about our life. What does Jesus think about this? in my life. No neutrality. How often in the business boardroom or in politics, winning becomes more important than ethics and Christians can be swept along with that. Everything is mine, says Jesus, and you must do everything in my name so that when the business deal is closed, I was honored in it. I am honored in it. So that's what it means. To live life in Jesus' name means you're in a relationship. It's a far-reaching relationship and there's no neutral zones. Everything's got his stamp on it and we must give everything to him, devote every part of our lives, everything we say, everything we do. So how do we do this? Living life in Jesus' name. So whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In the Bible, doing something in Jesus' name means at least four things, and I'm gonna list these four for you. First, it means doing everything through his mediation. When it says that we are to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, it means we're in a relationship with God. Jesus has brought us to God. And Jesus is the way to God. And he's our mediator. 
And we must do everything through his mediation. We must offer everything we do through Jesus Christ. Because whatever we offer to God is stained with sin, right? There's always impurity and it's never perfect. And we could say, well, whatever I do is imperfect, so I'm just not going to do anything. That's not God's answer. He says, I've given you a mediator. He's at my right hand. Give it to me through Jesus. And he'll wash it with his blood. So by the time it gets to me, says the Father, it's all clean. 1 Peter 2, we're a priesthood offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We can get discouraged, right? Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever you do, word or deed, and then think, but there's so much impurity in it. I don't think God's going to accept it from me. And we just sort of bow out of the Christian life. And, and live for ourselves. The Lord has given you mediation for every thought and word. And let that encourage you, brothers and sisters. That presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, his name as your savior, as your high priest, to give your life to him. There's a saying, and it's not altogether good. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Again, there, that can be taken the wrong way, but the point is, if it's worth doing, do it even if you're not going to do it perfectly. Because you won't do it perfectly, but you have a perfect Savior. That's the first thing. Do it through his mediation. How else do we do this? You do everything in his power. How did the apostles do miracles? How did they cast out demons? How did they heal the blind? How did they make the lame walk? It says in the Bible... In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. His name is power. Power to live the Christian life. And that's really the main concern of, of Paul in the book of Colossians. That the Colossian Christians are being duped by false teachers to look at different powers to bring them further than Jesus. Jesus brought me this far but now if I want more victory and become more spiritual, I need to follow these 12 rules for holy living. Somebody wrote a book, 12 Rules for Holy Living. And if you just follow that recipe, man, you are going to make great progress. And suddenly, they're being pulled away from Jesus onto what this guy wrote. And then you get endorsements. Yeah, I read that book and I'm doing it. Man, I feel great. Yeah, you do for a moment. The power of a new idea. Paul is saying, it's rubbish. All the power you need to live the Christian life unto God is found in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you and rose for you. That's how he begins the chapter. Since you're raised with Christ... Set your mind on him. And then it says, for you died. You died with Christ. Your old self died. And the life you live is hid with Christ in God. The life 
The power of living for the Lord is hidden in Christ. And so he goes on to say in the chapter, since you died with Christ, put to death the sins that are plaguing your life, that are trying to take you down. Right? The passion, the sensuality, the immorality, the lying, the rage, the malice, evil speaking. You got power in Jesus' name to put that down, to strangle it, get rid of it. And you've got power to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 12 and following, put on compassion and patience and kindness. forbearance and forgiveness and above all these put on love and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be thankful do everything live the Christian life in the name of Jesus in the power of Jesus well how do you get that power well he says verse 16 the power of Jesus' death and resurrection is not found in some drink you can buy. It's found in here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and then you have access to the power of Christ crucified and risen from the dead. And so as Jacob and Lindsay raise their children in the fear of the Lord, they themselves and their children and all of us say, how can we let the word of Christ dwell in us? Not anemically, not a little bit, but a whole lot, richly. Because that's where we're going to get the power to live the Christian life. So the means of grace, the preaching of the word, and the use of the sacraments, key to letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Bible studies, Bible reading, meditation. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So it means power to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it in his power. Do it through his mediation. Do it in his power. Do it for his sake is the third thing. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not for yourself, but for him. And that's what Paul goes on to say in the next verses. Especially if you team these up with their parallel in Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives for Jesus' sake. Not for your own. That's not a good motivation. That's very short-lived motivation. Not for your own sake. For Jesus' sake. Not even for your spouse's sake. That can't carry you very far either. Wives, submit to your husbands, Ephesians now, as to the Lord. As is fitting in the Lord, Colossians. Do it for Jesus' sake, not for your sake or for your husband's. Children, obey your parents in everything because this pleases the Lord. Sometimes you just don't want to obey your parents because you're not liking them right now. But do you love the Lord? You want to please him? So because it pleases the Lord is the main reason. And then fathers, don't provoke your children 
to anger, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Again, Ephesians. Because they belong to the Lord. For the Lord's sake, raise your children up in the fear of the Lord. They're his by covenant. And then bond servants, it says, obey your masters and work heartily. As for the Lord, not for men. Your boss is in heaven. And that should motivate you. You're serving the Lord Christ. And masters, treat your bondservants justly, fairly. Because you have a master in heaven. His name is Jesus. Do it for his sake. Do everything for Jesus' sake. And we get caught up in the mob mentality. Whether our mob is right or left-leaning. And get stuck in the rut of what is acceptable to our post-Christian society and not devote ourselves seriously to pleasing the Lord. In the words, it's easy to live for our own sake rather than to live for the Lord's sake. And brothers and sisters, the Lord saved you from living for yourself. That's an awful life. It's the worst place to be is stuck inside yourself. It ain't pretty there. But he saved you from yourself and brought you into a life that's lived for him because he really is the center of the universe. I am not, you are not, he is. And so when we orient our lives around him and do everything for his sake, suddenly life is properly ordered and becomes beautiful. Not easy. Not without a struggle in this world of sin, but that's when life is properly ordered. And then one more thing, do everything in his name means do everything to promote his name. One person described it this way, that whatever you say, whatever you do as a Christian, you're planting a flag with Jesus' name. You're a flag-bearing Christian. It's got his name on it. So you're being his witnesses. So every conversation with a client, every phone call with a telemarketer, that's a tough one for me. Every conversation with your child, with your spouse, everything you do with your friends, Everything you do when you're by yourself. Everything you do on your laptop or your phone. Everything. Be planting the flag with the name of Jesus and be promoting him. What a calling. That's what it means to live life in Jesus' name. And one more thing. Why is this important? Why do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? Because that's the way we give thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Why did Jesus die for our sins? To take away the barrier between us and God the Father. There was a barrier called sin and God's wrath. And God said to his son, I want to put that on you. And Jesus said, put that on me. Get it out of the way so I can have my children back home again. So Jesus died to get rid of the barrier between us and God the Father. And then Jesus rose and went to heaven to open the door for us to go back home to God the Father. 
First Peter says, Jesus died the righteous for the unrighteous. Why? To bring us back to God. And Philippians 2, that every tongue is to confess Jesus as Lord and every knee bow down to Jesus to the glory of God the Father. And there we end where we began. What's the huge grace of Colossians 3 verse 17? In our sin. We're a long ways away from home, from God. We're his enemies. We're under a curse. Everything we say and do is far, far away from God. It's lost. It's like everything you say and do, you're throwing it into a fire and burning it. Oh, I know God can use it, but you're not giving it to him. And then Jesus saved us. Why? To bring us into God's holy temple so that as prophets, priests, and kings, we can give everything to God through Jesus Christ. And above all, thanks. Thank you, God, for taking me back. And when you see this command, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. That's the one thing that should just amaze us. Thank you, God, for putting me in this spot and giving me this calling. How did I ever get there? Or as David said, who am I and what, am I, my, what is my family that we should be privileged to be on the throne? To be servants of God. It's an amazing thing. That in all areas and activities of life, in all places, in all ways, God the Father is saying, that's for me. You're mine. I want that. Even, even when I eat my porridge, that matters to you? Yes. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Even in the playground? Yes, that's mine too. He loves us so much that he saved us in every part of our life to give him everything. Spurgeon said to a man who lives unto God, nothing is secular, everything is sacred. He puts on his workday garment and it's a vestment to him. He sits down to his meal and it's a sacrament to him. He goes forth to his labor and he exercises the office of the priesthood. His breath is incense, his life is sacrifice. He sleeps in the lap of God and lives and moves in the divine presence. Have you been living your life in Jesus' name? Or you've been walking away from him and living life in the flesh and letting some sin rule you? The only name that can save you from where your life is going when you're sliding away or you're not living for the Lord today Go to that name above all names, the Lord Jesus Christ, a name of forgiveness, a name of power, a name of grace. 
a name that will change your life. And you give it all to him. Lord, I'm done with my sin. I'm done with going my own way. I'm done with calling that area of my life mine. I repent. I give it all to you. Whatever you do in word or deed, congregation, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Father in heaven, all for Jesus, all for Jesus, all my being's ransom powers, all my thoughts and words and doings, all my days and all my hours. Let my hands perform his bidding. Let my feet run in his ways. Let my eyes see Jesus only. Let my lips speak forth his praise. Give us your grace to live life in Jesus' name. Amen.